Are you guys with us? We know you are. So here's how you can help. First, share this podcast with your friends. We can't grow without you. Second, go to www.dmwpodcast.com and check out our merch site. I guarantee we have some great stuff that you're going to love. And your purchase helps support the show. Lastly, keep on leaving positive reviews and follow on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Deadman Walking Podcast. As always, we appreciate your prayers as we continue to bring glory to God. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the Dead Men Walking podcast. Jason and I really enjoyed doing it. I wanted to talk to you right now about you starting your own podcast. Today's a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or if you're just thinking it'd be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your online reach. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your shows can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories within minutes, Apple, Spotify, Google, and many more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And let me tell you guys, Buzzsprout's team of experts really want to see you succeed. We use Buzzsprout as our host here at the Dead Men Walking Podcast, and we couldn't be happier. They have so many tools that help support us in our mission to bring glory to God. They host podcasts with just basic gear and a few listeners, uh, all the way up to guys who are doing professional stuff with millions of listeners. With Buzzsprout, you get great looking podcast website, you get audio players that you can drop into other websites, uh, detailed analytics to see how people are listening and how to promote your episode, along with support by podcast experts. Buzzsprout really is passionate about helping you succeed. So why not join over 100,000 other podcasters that are already using Buzzsprout? And here's the cool thing, guys. If you click on the link that is in the episode description of this episode, you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card and you'll also help support the show. And that's after you sign up for one of their paid programs. And their paid programs are a couple dollars a month. I mean, you can really do this on a budget and it gives you hosting and all those things that we had just mentioned. So guys, support the show. Check out Buzzsprout. If you've ever been thinking about doing a podcast, it's now never been easier. You can do that by clicking on the link in our episode description. We will send you a $20 Amazon gift card and you also help support the show. Thanks guys. And now to Dead Men Walking. Exploring Theology, Doctrine, and all of the fascinating subjects in between, broadcasting from an undisclosed location, Dead Men Walking starts now. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Men Walking, where Jason and I, Indian leg wrestle, every night after each episode to see who's right. Is it mill or is it mill? It's pre-mill. <laughs> no, I'm oh, joking. Exactly. We're Did. not those getting on. Come joking. on now. <laughs> I know, I know. And we're not going to switch we when Kirk Cameron comes on next week, right? <laughs> right you're going right. to hold strong. Yeah, oh, I'm going to hold strong, man, even though Joe Biden's <laughs> about to be president. Oh, yeah, wait, I'll be all right. Well, I'm, oh, is that too far? Didn't we too talk far? to Stephen okay. Van Cars about positive confession? We did. We did. We got to be Good easy Lord. with that. Yeah. So uh, I'm Greg. <laughs> to my left, and if you're watching to your right, my right is yep. Jason. How are you, sir? How's it going, man? Pretty good. Ex- excited about this episode. Uh, absolutely. We have someone on the line, man. so we're not going to wait too long. But yeah. uh, I did want to say, are you enjoying that rain sleet we have in Michigan? Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> because So, the, no. The, the guy on the line <laughs> that we're going to introduce, he's probably yeah. sitting in like 80 degrees exactly. right now. Exactly. 
Uh, but you know, maybe not for long. I know. That's what we're going to be talking about yeah. tonight. Yeah, on the line, uh, we ha- he's the pastor of the Response Church in San Diego, California. He has a book called Am I Truly Saved? Guys, we picked this up down at Fight, Laugh, Feast in October. It's a great book. I advise you go take a look at it, take a read. Uh, on Instagram, I really appreciate those like six to ten minute video clips and i love when he does them it's yeah. right response ministries on instagram and for the listeners check that out as well because he gets on there and uh he, he just preaches the word man he brings the fire and he packs so much into that five minutes yep you go oh my gosh i, I just, love it I just got black and blue from this five minute sermon <laughs> right. i got more of that than i did out of my uh hour at the uh, emerging church yeah but, right oh, hey no. hey but uh it's none <laughs> other than pastor joel webbin joel sir how are you hey <laughs> the crowd goes wild yeah hey guys i'm doing well uh, honored to be on the podcast. Uh, yeah, right now I'm still in San Diego for just a little bit longer, and uh, I'm actually leaving with my family uh, next week. Um, actually, Christmas Day, uh, my wife and our daughters are going to fly. Flights are about a third of the price on Christmas Day, and I'll be bringing up the rear, driving a lot of our stuff, and uh, I'll meet them there the next day. So, yeah, San Diego, the weather's great. Uh, but I was talking to Daryl Harrison from uh, the Just Thinking podcast uh, just last week, and he and I both agree we are shocked um, by what Christians, especially, are willing to sacrifice for good weather. Mm. It's, uh, it's truly, it's truly <laughs> shocking. Good weather is uh, it's great, but man, it's not it's not that great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Quite, so before we get the price. before we get into that move too, can you just for our listeners? And I know you were on uh, for a few minutes and just brought us a little. Uh, perfectly at executed sermonette at F- Fight Laugh Feast, mm-hmm. which was one of our most popular episodes about the assembly and how important it is. But uh, so some of the listeners know who you are, but for those new listeners that we have, just give us a little two, three minute bio of who you are, where you're at, what you've been doing, and then we're going to get into your move to Texas. Cool. Yeah. So my name is Joel Levin. I was born and raised in Texas, uh, moved out here 2009 uh, to San Diego, California to plant a church. Uh, we planted the Response Church. I took uh, three of my uh, best friends from college with me. Uh, they, they, you know, made the journey. We planted a church by God's grace. Uh, we were too young and too stupid to really have any business planting the church, but God was really gracious. <laughs> so it's been just about 11 years at this point, and now uh, two out of those three guys are moving back with me to Texas. One of them is staying. He's got a, a junk removal business that's doing really well out here, and so he's going to be in the San Diego, California area for at least the, the time being. And uh, we're all kind of secretly hoping and praying that he comes with us. So anyways, the Response Church, I've uh, been doing that for a while. I started Right Response Ministries. Um, just just recently, really, we took a, a lot of the social media uh, impact that we were having with the church. Uh, we, we early on decided to start recording the, the sermons in high quality, uh, clipping them up, like you were talking about, those five to six minute clips, taking highlights, like a sermon highlight reel, and using clips, and memes and articles and blogs and all those kinds of things. And so we, we really invested in social media early on years ago with the church plans, and then we uh, transferred all that over, bifurcated it, made it its own uh, nonprofit ministry called Right Response Ministries. And so I'm the president of Right Response Ministries. I'm going to continue uh, leading Right Response Ministries from Texas. We'll be building over the next few weeks a new studio uh, in in the the Texas area where we're moving to, and uh, continue that, and then I'll be planting, Lord willing, a new church called Covenant Bible Church, and uh, I've got uh, seventeen people, including my wife and I, seventeen adults who are 
making the move with me. Two wow. of the guys, original guys who came out to, to San Diego from Texas to plant the response church, they're coming back with their wives and kids. And then we've got, you know, we've got a total of 17 adults, you know, and their children all coming with us to, uh, to plant a new church. It was an easy sell. Um, I said, Hey, how do you feel about planting a new church? Uh, you know, pushing towards uh, expanding, uh, the mission of Christ and his kingdom. Mm. And they all said, that sounds pretty good. And I said, okay, let me, let me ask it a different way. How do you feel about leaving California? And then boom, they just start signing up. <laughs> that is awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I mean, that's, that, that's Praise a big God. move. It's, it's hard to get 17 people just together for lunch Yeah. or, uh, you know, a couple rounds <laughs> a dinner. of golf or dinner, <laughs> let alone, let alone moving them yeah. uh, across state lines and planning a church. So can you talk a little bit about where this idea came? Because it sounds like you're from Texas, you went to California and now California back to Texas is, does the political climate have anything to do with it? Was right. it something? Thing you'd been praying about for a while um and the lord commanded you to go there like what led up to that definitely yeah that, no, that's a great question so i mean it's something that i think i i've always kind of had in the back of my mind uh but i was very very committed wanted to stay in san diego long term because uh not so much because i love the area certainly not because i, I really love living in california but because i, I simply love the church out here uh, that the Lord empowered me to plant. So I, I love the people here. Um, and so the biggest thing for me that, that kept me here was I, I just, I couldn't bear to leave my congregation. I still am wrestling with that. It's still uh, really hard to leave people that you love. Um, but I think part, part of what kind of won me over a number of factors, but one of them was, you know, I started thinking, all right, I don't want to leave my church. But then I just began to realize over the course of 11 years of pastoral ministry out here in San Diego, I realized that although I didn't want to leave my church, um, inevitably my church kept leaving me. And what I mean by that is like the church, who cares about the entity that is, you know, the response church, right? right. When we say we love a church, what we mean is we love the people. We love the congregation. And the people, you know, like, like clockwork, every two to four years, they kept leaving. Because San Diego, it's, it's just such a, a, a rotating, you know, door. Uh, there's always an influx of new people, mm. bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, you know, ready to, to achieve the California dream, you know. But um, but for the most part, they're, they're gone within, you know, two to four years. And so there's a lot of military uh, but all the people in the military, although wonderful people and faithful members in our church for uh, the time that they were with us, they, they all come with an expiration date. you got college students, um, but most of them get wise. Uh, you know, by the time they graduate, some of them will stick around because they love the church, but a lot of them are going to, they're going to move. They're going to go somewhere else. Uh, San Diego was, um, a couple of years ago, they were actually, um, San Diego was raided by, I think it was bank, bankrate.com. Uh, some some website uh, they they did a, uh, a survey and a study and uh, San Diego was rated the number one worst city in the United States of America to build wealth. Um, wow. So even places like you know Washington D.C. or San Francisco, there are other places, not many, but a few places with a higher cost of living. Uh, but San Diego, in terms of that gap with the the cost of living and job and, and you know what income level, um, San Diego is the worst. It's it's one of the highest cost of living. Uh, but the lowest in terms of the ratio, one of the lowest income uh, cities for that high cost of living. So most people just don't make it. So I just started realizing, all right, I love this church, but uh, this church, they, they're, they're leaving me. There's, there's very few people. I started to realize, you know, in 10 years from now, you know, looking back 10 years and thinking, who's still with me? You know, and then looking forward, I, I just realized 
there's very few people who are still going to be here. And so when I say I love this church, I'm saying I, I love the people who are here right now. I love these people. Uh, but these people, one by one, you know, are, for the most part, a, a good 80% of them are, are going to be gone uh, within just a matter of years. And, and so my wife and I just started developing more and more of a burden, uh, well, really, not even a burden, but just a desire that we, we wanted to have lifelong friendship. And that's what we always wanted out here. And, and we have had a core of people who stuck with us for, you know, for seven years, eight years. Um, but, but for the most part, like I said, you know, people come and go, they, they just, the city just, it, it eats you up. I mean, mm. economically, politically. Um, and then now in 2020, we, we've, we've seen three, you know, three freedoms, religious freedom, uh, economic freedom and, and political freedom and all those deteriorating. And, and so, you know, we, we had, you know, 20, I think 22 adults leave this year, uh, COVID related because, because of jobs, moving back home to, you know, mom and dad or moving to another city to start work, you know, where they could find a job. And so, yeah, so we, we just, we want to do lifelong friendship. We thought that we could do it out here. Um, but, but that was in the early days where the church was primarily, it was made up of singles or, or young married couples without children. Uh, but now everybody's having their second, third kid and, and, we're just realizing, man, it's just most people are not going to be able to live here over the course of their life uh, and have, you know, have a family. Right. So that made it a lot easier. Another thing, another factor that was persuasive was Doug Wilson. Um, back in February before COVID hit, uh, I was in Moscow and, and I had breakfast with him. And that was the biggest thing that we pressed on. I wasn't really planning on talking about it. He actually brought it up, but he just said, hey, what are you doing in California? <laughs> huh. And then he just proceeded to spend about two hours uh, making a case for for leaving California and huh. uh, and it was a pretty compelling case <laughs> so, yeah yeah uh, so that was a big factor as well <laughs> and then just over the years uh, part of I mean the last factor is really just me and my elders um, with COVID it just kind of highlighted some of our, our our disagreements some of our theological differences huh. and so we're aligned on you know ninety five percent of things uh, but but that five percent that, that didn't always get the limelight. Uh, really, really, you know, came came into our, our view uh, due to, to some of the stuff with COVID. And so even that was a factor in realizing, man, I, I just, I don't know if we should con- continue to minister in the same local church uh, long term. We love each other. Um, they, they blessed me to, to, to go and, and to plant. Uh, but we just realized, man, we, we just, we see things differently. And right. um, like whether churches should gather, you know, um, no. That, that was something that we, man, we, we, dis- we, we fought on that one for, hmm. for weeks and weeks and weeks. So between all those things, some, some division with the elders, um, the economic stuff, the religious stuff, the political stuff, wanting to do lifelong friendship with people in a place where people don't just live for two to four years, uh, having children, our children getting older, we just had our third baby. Um, all, all those things kind of just compounded. And then that conversation with Doug Wilson and, and God's providence with, 2020 all that just kind of made made the choice pretty clear right yeah you know there are a lot of small businesses across the the states that we're hearing about right now that are just shutting down you know losing the people are losing their lives and uh, i think a lot of times you know us in the christian community we're not thinking about how churches are impacted and now i just hear the other day about uh joel olstein getting a four million dollar PPP loan, you know, that is, that is just incredible to hear, you know, but to hear about, uh, different smaller churches getting shut down because 
of orders to not meet and, uh, you know, for these people to um, abide by that COVID <laughs> uh, disagreement law that we all, you know, we all pretty much disagree with, with what's going on. Uh, most people do anyway. Um, but, you know, how are, how are you guys, you know, when you get to Texas, I mean, how are you looking at, you know, uh, going forward, you know, with everything COVID related? And I know this isn't, you know, a church isn't a business and that's not what I'm, what I'm trying to say here. I'm just trying to say, you know, how are you going to go forward during COVID times, you know, as a church? Right. Yeah. Um, so for us, like very early on, so we, we started gathering again, we live streamed for, I think it was four weeks. And then, uh, and then very quickly, uh, our church started gathering in person again, we started gathering outside at first and then we did cars for a little bit. And then, you know, now we're, for, for several months, we've been back indoors with no masks. And uh, so we definitely have been breaking the law for, for California. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I, I mean, our church, Covenant Bible Church, we plan to gather in person. Um, you know, at, at first it's going to be, you know, just a few of us. So we'll probably only have about 20 adults, and we're going to be doing church mm-hmm. in my home for, you know, Lord willing, the, you know, the first, at least the first few months uh, before before going public on the Lord's Day and getting, you know, some kind of, neutral location, whether that be, you know, school or, or another church or something like that. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it was, it was just, it was really hard, uh, making, get, getting, you know, you, you said like everybody, you know, everybody's on board with gathering and things like that, but that's just, I mean, that's not the way it was, right? Everybody right. has really, really quickly kind of changed their position. Yeah. It's, it's funny how, you know, something that bothers me, I think sometimes, so when we think of repentance, so repentance is to change. Uh-huh. Um, but but I think there's a change in, in word and there's a change in deed. And I think the, the nature of true God-honoring, God-pleasing repentance is both. So it's a, it's a change. It's, it's a recognition, an acknowledgement that we've been going one direction and that that one direction is, is contrary to the will of God. It's displeasing to God. It's sin. And, and so now we're recalibrating. We're changing direction. But, but in that change, I think that change has to be constituted by both word and deed. And what I've seen is a lot of pastors all over America finally really changing the last few months uh, indeed in action, yeah. right? Yeah. The church is gathering now, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, but not in word. And, and I think here's the, here's the problem. So on one level, that, that is, I, I would say that is a partial repentance. It is a change, um, and, and our repentance is never perfect, right? If we could have perfect right. repentance, we wouldn't need repentance. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Covenant Real Estate. And why not? It's my podcast and my real estate company. But seriously, I've absolutely enjoyed helping clients buy, sell, and invest in real estate over the last 12 years. My brokerage serves clients in Michigan and Ohio, with more states coming soon. When I started this brokerage, I wanted to ensure that my expertise and knowledge would serve every one of my clients. I take my fiduciary responsibility to my clients very seriously. That's why I named it Covenant Real Estate. Not only is a covenant a contract in the legal sense, but it's also a solemn promise from myself to each of my clients. I will do my absolute best to serve you. It's also pretty cool that our name has some theological implications as well, which is a great conversation starter. And here's the best part. My agents and I have extensive experience in helping people buy and sell residential homes, buy and sell commercial properties, as well as investing in real estate and selling and purchasing recreational and vacant land. 
Covenant Real Estate can help you with all of your real estate needs, and I would love the opportunity to earn your business. So if you have real estate needs in Michigan or Ohio, call me at 734-731-GREG. That's 734-731-GREG. Or click on the link in the description of this podcast episode you're listening to right now. Remember, Covenant Real Estate. Confidence from contract to close. Right. right, because if we could repent perfectly, then we could just live perfectly. Right, so even our repentance is tainted by sin. I've never, in the same way that I've never lived sinlessly, right, which is why I have to repent, why I have the need to repent. But I've also never repented sinlessly. Even in my repentance, there's there's wrong motives. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's uh, there's godly sorrow, right? Mm-hmm. That's the fuel for repentance, as Paul says in Second Corinthians. But there's also it's also a mixed bag, right? With right. this this heart, you know, it's all. There's some worldly sorrow that's baked into the equation. And so even in our repentance, it's never perfect. And so what I've noticed is a lot of guys are repenting in deed, right? They're they're gathering now, they've changed that, but they're not repenting in word. And I think part of the problem with that is, well, for one, just uh, when it comes to the optics of of your congregation, the people that you're pastoring, um, if all you do is you change your actions, but you never acknowledge it verbally, Uh right? You You never stand before the people of God and say, Hey, you might have noticed that we were live streaming our services for weeks on end, and then, you know, talking about how, you know, as Christians, we should submit to the civil magistrate, and we were quoting Romans 13, and talking about loving our neighbor, but we truncated love for neighbor exclusively to loving the elderly in terms of their physical body and not, you know, uh, spreading the disease, and now we're talking about loving are, are all of our neighbors and, and loving their soul by, by actually gathering as a church in person and ministering the ordinary means of grace and preaching the word, praying the word, singing the word, and yeah. seeing the word and the sacraments of the Lord's Supper and baptism. And, and we're actually executing Romans 13 in light of being a part of a democratic republic where, where there's actually a highest civil magistrate that is not a human official by design, but rather a document namely the Constitution of the United States of America that says we can peaceably assemble and that we have religious freedom to gather for worship. Yeah. And, and so you might notice that um, we're doing some different things. And I just, as your pastor, what I want to do is I want to call attention to that. And, and I don't want to just repent. I don't want to just recalibrate change in terms of our actions. Right. We are live streaming and now, you know, and, and, and saying one thing and now we're meeting in person. But I actually want to repent both in deed and in word. And so in word, verbally, publicly, before you today, as your pastor, I want to repent. I want to say, I got this wrong. I I believe the press. I didn't exercise careful discernment. I forget. I I forgot, as a pastor who should have known better, I forgot that neutrality is a myth. Right. And so I thought that, you know, that the New York Times working in concert with CNN, you know, and, and with uh, the Imperial College model of 2.2 million people dead by all, to all those kind of things. I read them as though it was gospel. Yeah. And it's not. <laughs> and as a pastor, I should have known better. And, and I want to apologize for that. And so not only are we going to just all of a sudden change in our actions, namely start gathering again as a church and act like that was always our position, but I'm actually in my word, not just deed, but in my word. I'm going to acknowledge before you, the people of God, that we were doing one thing, and what we are now doing is something different, because what we were doing before was wrong. Mm. 
Mm. And I'm sorry. And and my concern, I think, is you know, my concern is I think a lot a lot of churches and a lot of pastors have finally hopped on board. And in terms of their action, in terms of repentance, indeed, they're, they're doing the right thing now. But but if they don't verbalize it, if they never verbally acknowledge that they were previously wrong, there's two things that, that people miss out on that I think are 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 paramount. Number one, um, they miss getting to see their spiritual fathers model repentance for them. Mm-hmm. So as a pastor, you're a, an elder is a spiritual father. The first thing that we want to model for our people is is righteousness. But when we fail to model righteousness, we want to model repentance. I do this with my my, my three year old daughter. Like, there are times where I sin, mm-hmm. right? She, she's she's wrong most of the time. She's three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but there's sometimes where dad is wrong. Right. And and when I'm wrong, I I have to humble myself and go to my three year old and say, Olive, Daddy is sorry. I sinned against you, and more importantly, I sinned against God. I lost my temper. I was not kind with you the way that I should be. I I was quick to anger. I was quick to speak and not quick to listen. I disobeyed God's word. Would you please forgive your dad? Right? That's that's what we do. And and if we don't, if we just change in our actions and just act like that was always our position and that we've always been in the right and 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 the right you know the the right space in the right area and then my, my, what happens is, number one, I miss an opportunity to model repentance for the people that I'm, I'm, I'm leading as a father, as a, a spiritual father, as a pastor. So I miss an opportunity to model repentance because I'm pretending that I've always been perfectly modeling righteousness, mm. but I haven't. Mm-hmm. So I miss a chance to model repentance. The second thing that I miss is in my teaching, in, in my public ministry of preaching, um, it's, I lose a massive amount of clarity because mm-hmm. what I'm doing essentially is is I was, I was conveying one message, we were going one way, now I'm going another way, and I'm acting as though nothing has changed. And so what the people are perceiving is both of these are righteous. They're not seeing that there's actually a distinction. They're not seeing that, that these two things can be compared and contrasted, that, that there's actually a distinction between them, that they're actually in stark contradiction to, to one another. And so when I'm actually the example, and, and, and not just the example, but, but the message that I'm preaching to my people is that both of these are righteous options, right? right. You, you, can, you can just live stream and love your neighbor, you know, just being their physical body and, and, you know, and submit to the civil magistrate, meaning do whatever the government tells you to do at uh-huh. any moment, as long as they say there's a crisis. And all of that is Christian. All of that is biblical. All of that is righteous. Or you could do this other thing that we're doing now, and both are viable options. Both are perfectly biblical. Both are righteous and equally pleasing to the Lord. And we were just doing one for a while. Now we're doing another. See, when we don't admit, not just a change in action, but a change in word, and say, hey, what we were doing previously is wrong, and this is how right. it was wrong. And here's yeah. all the Bible verses that say it was wrong. Yeah. And, and, and this is right, and this is why it's right. Here's all the Bible and, and I'm sorry. I should have known better. I missed it. Please forgive me and follow me as I follow Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in this new direction that we believe is in line with his word. If we don't repent in word, and yeah. all we do is just recalibrate, change, and repent in action, I think we miss a chance to model repentance for our people, and we confuse our people. We Amen. lose clarity in our yeah. message because we're, we're conveying to our people that you can basically just pick any of these options, and you're good. Right. Yeah. And that's not true. Right. And I think sometimes we put all the importance on uh, repentance of, of the actual action. 
and go, oh, like you're saying, there doesn't have to be an ex explanation. Unfortunately, what I've been seeing happen, especially in, even in my right. state, is um, one, churches doing exactly what you just said, right? We had a few here uh, in our community that said, nope, we're still going to get, I mean, almost all churches paused for three, four, five, six weeks. Hey, that's discernment. Let's figure out what the heck's going on here. Let's see how contagious it is. Let's see how deadly it is, right? But the majority of our churches around here, and, and you can jump in here mm -hmm. too, Jason, if you feel the same way, yep. was almost as if they were they were deciding on how they were going to gather based on whatever CNN, MSNBC, or Fox News was telling them. Like, right. like the national news media was telling them, oh, well, it's this dangerous or this many deaths or, you know, you shouldn't do this. And when they had a repentance in deed, as you said, there was no... There was no explanation. And I think a lot of them, the reason why you, you see now and even around here uh, in our community, many of them are back to uh, in-person gathering. I don't know if it's either A, they just saw kind of those forerunners like you in your church. We had a few around here that said, no, we're, we're going to stand alone. We're going to stand on principle. This is what we believe the word of God says. We believe gathering in person is commanded. It is biblical. And when more people came out of that kind of woodwork and started doing that, they went, okay, there's safety in numbers. I don't feel like I'll be ostracized or, or, or lose members or have a you know, local news media at my front door. Uh, or they, they kind of uh, followed national news media and, and was looking at that and saying, okay, I'm going to let the secular culture kind of influence my biblical decisions over my flock. And that's what was very upsetting to me. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the reasons why I was so excited when you were on the first time and you talked very directly. Uh, it, it wasn't condemning, but it was very directly and in love about why we should be gathering. And you, you did it in a way that, that obviously made biblical sense, but it didn't sound like you were taking any direction from man. And when I say man, I'm saying the culture or media or anything like that. But in fact right. said, okay, right. uh, how do I lead my church rightly and correctly according to biblical standards, which unfortunately I feel like that's the minority right now in, in Christian, uh, in Western Christianity. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not trying to, you know, point fingers and, and say, you know, most of the pastors are bad or whatever. I'm just saying when I sit down and talk to leaders and elders, they have a very kind of, well, uh, what are the people going to think? What are the politicians going to think? What are my congregation uh, going to think? What, what kind of backlash will I get in the news media? And it's like, whoa, man, do you want right. to be a man pleaser or do you want to be a God pleaser? Right. Because my knee is going to bow before God one day. And, and I'm fearful that moment every day, because although uh, I strive uh, for righteousness and holiness, um, I've done a lot of stuff in my life to where I know I'm going to answer for it one day. And I really don't care what people say about me. I really don't care what friends and family think. I mean, to an extent, but I mean, biblically, I'm going to be on my face before the Lord one day. And I'll tell you what, if you're a leader in the church, if you're a shepherd, Jason and I just did an episode on Ezekiel 34. If you're not binding up those sheep, if you're not using the rod of correction, if you're not, you know, taking those hurt sheep and, and showing them uh, and bringing them closer to God through correction and discipline and in leading, yeah. man, the Bible has some harsh words for those shepherds that kind of take advantage of that position. And, and it say is, they're not going to meet till 2021. <laughs> I just, I don't understand that, I, but you know, maybe, uh, there's, there's, uh, even a common grace in that, or, or, you know, a silver, a silver lining, if you will, that more churches are gathering in person. I just don't see, and this is kind of going back to your first episode, how you can, how you can really effectively and rightly meet the qualifications of fellowship under a live stream, uh, you know, once a week yep. or, you know, twice a week or, or a couple of meetings a week, whatever yep. it is. Um, so you took well, you that. And, uh, 
that's what we talked about, you know, uh, at the Fight Lab East conference when you guys had me on. You know, we just, I think, I think part of the problem is um, you can't convince people that church is essential, right? If you don't know what the church is. Right, right. And, and right. I think that's, that's a big part of the problem. And so a lot of Christians say, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, they come around now, they're like, yeah, church is essential, church is essential. And I'm like, where were you in March? Where were you in April? Um, but but <laughs> yeah. you know, church is now essential. Uh, you know, no, nobody's actually admitted. That, that they send, nobody's actually repented in word, but but everybody's you know because everybody wants to be on the right side of history. So so as soon as as soon as it became like like all right, fifty one percent of churches are starting to push right back, right, and yeah. boom, everybody hops on board, right? Yeah. Because everybody wants to be on the right side, right? So it's it's, it's exactly what you were saying, you know, it's it's not um it, it's it's not it's man pleasing, right? It's yeah. man pleasing. It's it, it's not fear of God. It, and, and that's what fear, that, like, I love what you were saying, Greg, about just, you know, I'm going to have to go down on my knees before Jesus one day and give an account to him, right? Yeah, I, right. Like, fearing God versus fearing man. Fearing man is, is, is the fear of man. It's wanting to please man. It's, it's this profound concern that dictates all the facets of my life in terms of I'm profoundly concerned for the opinions of man. What does man think of me? How does man feel about me? Fear of God is is that I, I'm overwhelmed by not not just a reverence for him, but I am I am concerned about the thoughts of God. I'm concerned about mm, the feelings, as it were, of, of God. What what is God? What is my standing before him? And and we know positionally our standing before him because of Jesus Christ and faith in him right. is is perfect righteousness. Uh, but there is a way, and I think we've got to get this back in our reformed theology. Uh, there is something to be said for falling under a Christian, falling under underneath God's fatherly displeasure. The Puritans used to talk about God's fatherly displeasure, right? Because we get in so heavy to justification by, by faith alone, and, and a million times, yes and amen. Um, but but there, is, there is something to be said. It's not just wholly condemned because I'm, I'm in Adam and outside of Christ, and then wholly justified where God is perfectly pleased with me every second of every moment because I'm in Christ. There, there, there's, there's another category where positionally, God is pleased with me because of Christ, and because yes. I'm found in Him, union with Him through faith, right? But even in my union with Christ, I can, where I have God as my Father, He never leaves me nor forsakes me. It's not, it's not as though um, the Father becomes the, the punitive judge once more. No, He is forever now my Father, by virtue of union with Christ Jesus, but just as a father who will never reject me or never leave me, you can still fall underneath a father's displeasure sure. for a time. And, and, and so all that being said, like that fear of God, that concern for what does my heavenly father think? And so I'm, I, I completely agree with you. I think just a, a lot of Christians and a lot of pastors, um, it, it's just there's so much, the fear of man is so rampant in, in, in the church today and in pulpits today. And so everybody hopped on board you know, once once we had critical mass of churches being willing to meet, then, then it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But in real terms, it's like nothing, nothing changed. Right, right. All all the arguments that they were making for why we we shouldn't gather, like what what changed? Right. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not like all of a sudden, you know, everybody has the vaccine. Praise God, it seems like like a vaccine's rolling out, and you know, but 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 churches started gathering before that happened. So it's not like things changed in real terms. Uh, regarding the, the science or the virus. So what changed was, was basically people's opinion 
And they were using one set of verses, and I would say incorrectly, out of context, they were using Bible unbiblically, and now they're using other verses, and, and it's like no, nothing really changed. I, I think all that changed was they all of a sudden they realized, oh, I can take the right position, and it no longer requires courage. Yeah, because oh. because the battle already was fought, right? It's it's like it, it's like um just this pipsqueak, you know, little punk kid. There's a bully on the playground, and and he knows he should stand up because the bully's just he's a tyrant, and and he's he's mistreating people, he's oppressing people, but but he's afraid. And then some other kid finally stands up to the bully, and and knocks him over, and the bully is unconscious and, and laying on the ground. The battle's already been won. And now the pipsqueak kid, yeah. who knew he should have been doing something all along, he comes up and kicks him while he's down. Like, ha! Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's, that's uh, I would say, or, yeah, about 60% of the kid Comes up to the kid and right comes like, up to the like, you didn't use courage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> comes Go up ahead, to the kid ahead. and packs, pats him on the back and says, "I was on your side the whole time. I knew you're going to beat him." You know, it's it's one of those. Uh, we're, we, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're here in Michigan, so we're we we have a the Detroit Lions. So in the sports analogy world, it would be the fair weather uh, playoff fans. You get to sit back and go, "Okay, who's wait gonna, a second? Who's when did we, be, when did we go to the my, playoffs? Who's going to be my? Well, that's what I'm saying. We never get there. So <laughs> we, we get to, everyone says, "Oh, you're from Michigan, yeah. so you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, huh? Yeah, so, exactly. So it's the same thing, you know, the fair weather fans and the playoff fans and things like that for the sports analogy. But so as we wrap this up here, can you give us a timeline? Like what are you looking at over the next year uh, when you go to Texas? So um, you're meeting in the house to begin with. Uh, I mean, do you have plans to uh, get a building, keep meeting in a house? Um, Are you looking at trying to grow or is, is it a ministry really just based on the local community? Are you going to be doing outreach into uh, other parts of Texas and also what part of Texas are you going to? Yeah. So no, thank you uh, for those great questions. Um, so we're going to be going to the North Austin area. We're going to be in Williamson uh, County. So we're, we're not in Austin County. That way our police won't get defunded, you know. <laughs> so we're a little, little, bit, little bit more conservative, a little safer. Uh, but close enough to Austin to where, you know, guys could, you know, commute and, and, and get a lot of, a lot of job opportunity. Um, so it, the town is called Hutto, Texas. Uh, it's right next to like Round Rock and Pflugerville. Yep. And so we're going to be in that general area, about 45 minutes north of downtown Austin, uh, Round Rock, Pflugerville, Hutto, uh, Georgetown area uh, of, of the north, kind of north suburbs of Austin. Uh, I will get there, me and my family and uh, three other families will get there next week. Uh, and then we got a couple more of our team that will be trickling in in February and in March and, and a couple guys a little bit later uh, in the uh, summer. Um, and so what we're going to do is January, February, and, and probably March, um, we're just going to get a lay of the land. So we're going to go worship with other gospel preaching churches on the Lord's Day, just our whole crew roll up and, and meet some of the other churches, the people, the pastors. Uh, I'm going to come into the area humbly. All right, there's guys who have been slugging it out, uh, preaching God's word faithfully. I want to honor those pastors and those Christians, those churches uh, that have been there. Uh, so I don't want to roll up like I'm God's gift uh, to ministry. And like now oh. we're going to really do something because Joel's here. Uh, that's <laughs> right. pretty arrogant. Yeah. Right? So I don't want to do that. So I want to come, come in um, and, and come in a little bit slow and, and go and honor some of these guys, meet these guys, let them know, hey, I'm here to plant a church. Um, and, and this is kind of our vision and this is our 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 doctrine. Uh, so we're, we're Reformed Baptists. So our our statement, uh, we have a general statement of faith that we require all of our members to affirm. Uh, but then we have what we call our specific statement of doctrine. 
Um, the, the, the members of the church don't have to affirm. The officers of the church do, uh, our elders and deacons. Uh, but but uh, the members would just have to, we, we would use the term recognize. Mm-hmm. So they would have to affirm a general statement of faith. Um, at, but, but they would have to, similar to like, um, kind of similar to the uh, Baptist, uh, you know, Baptist statement of, of faith and practice. Um, sure. Something that a lot of people, you know, could, could affirm. Our, our, our specific statement of doctrine is the 1689. So we're mm-hmm. Reformed Baptists, so 1689. Uh, Sabbatarian, uh, covenantal, with 1689 framework of federalism, uh, covenantalism. Um, and so that, that's kind of, I, I just want to meet these other guys, meet these other pastors, let them know what we're about, what kind of church we are, our vision. Uh, April, Lord willing, the very first Sunday, first Lord's Day in April, uh, I'll start preaching again, and we'll be doing uh, services in, in our home. And we will uh, we'll open it up to the public, so we'll, we'll go ahead and, and launch our website probably probably February or March of next year, about a month ahead of time, and, and do a countdown, let people know, hey, first Sunday in April, come and join us, and we'll be in the home. Um, our plan is probably by either the fall of next year or maybe maybe the beginning of 2022 uh, to try to get a building outside of the home, not buying anything at that point, but renting, whether it be a rec center or a school or another church or whatever it might be, you know, but getting some kind of neutral location facility outside of the home looking at like fall 2021 or, or beginning January of 2022 um, at looking at that kind of timeline. And then in terms of, of um, ministry, even over these next few months, because it's weird for me, you know, having months off of, of the pulpit and preaching, but um, I'll, I'll still be, I'll still be doing ministry because um, of right response ministry. So I, so basically think two things, you know, I, I covenant Bible church by, by God's uh, grace, uh, Lord willing, planting that and start having home services at the beginning of April next year, 2021. And, and then, but, but as of right now, you know, continuing all, all, you know, up until that point And from that point with right response ministries, we're continuing all of our podcasts. We have theology applied. Um, actually this next Wednesday, we've got Daryl and Virgil coming on, uh, from the just thinking podcast. Awesome. Uh, we, we just recently had, um, well, we just recently had Toby, uh, from, uh, from, uh, I saw that. Church in Moscow, yeah. yeah, that uh, was, that was cool. Yep. Uh, we got Doug Wilson coming on soon. And so, so anyway, so with theology applied, we'll continue our, our questions podcast. It's like a Q and a, I was going to call it ask pastor Joel, but then everybody would think, Oh, I should just listen to ask pastor John instead. So I had to call it something different. So I just called it questions. Yeah. But uh, so we got the questions podcast. We got the theology applied podcast. Uh, and then we're going to be rolling out a new podcast called daily truth that I'm going to be basically, I'm going to be taking those six minute clips and, and doing them like 5am on, a, on uh, YouTube and, and all of our social media, but also on, on podcast platforms, uh, Spotify, you know, and iTunes uh, like 5am every weekday, Monday through Friday. So people can do a quick, you know, like little, little theology shot on their way to work on their commute. And so daily truth will be coming out in the next couple months. And so anyway, so all those podcasts and sermon clips and articles and blogs, I'm working on another book right now. Um, And so all that stuff will continue. And the goal is just to start saturating that area and even doing some social media targeted ads and things like that, targeting a lot of our content to that area start saturating the area with good gospel, uh, Bible content, and then just meeting our neighbors and getting jobs and meeting our coworkers and those kinds of things and start preaching, start evangelizing. I'll probably start preaching outside of an abortion clinic as soon as I can, like pick one day a week and just be faithful yeah. there uh-huh. and uh, do some, some abortion clinic uh, ministry there, preaching the gospel and preaching God's law. Um, and, and then, Lord willing, in April, 
Um, we'll start the home service and just start inviting our friends. And some people probably find us through Right Response and, and that content, you know, using kind of Right Response Ministries as a platform for Covenant Bible Church, uh, letting people know we're in the area. And, and then going on shows like you guys with Dead Men Walking, you know, and, yeah. and doing what I'm doing right now. You guys graciously giving me the opportunity to plug the new church plant. And, and hopefully from these kind of things, people will find us. And, um, but more than that, more than, than Christians finding us, um, by God's grace, people get saved. Amen. We want to we want to grow a church primarily from conversion. Amen. You know? And so uh, we do want to be a church that's available for you know if somebody's a part of a, a false church, a heretical church, um, or sadly a church that has orthodox doctrine but won't meet. Well, then I'll take them, right because they <laughs> right. need they need yeah. to be meeting. If that pastor won't have his church gather, well, then yeah, I I will take his sheep because right. he's not feeding them. Right. And so I, I will gladly take that starving sheep and feed them. Um, and then people who move in, right, all the refugees coming from California, you know, moving in, we want to be a place for them, those Christians. But, but, but beyond that, um, we want to see pagans come yeah. to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and, and we want to build his church uh, through conversion as well. So anyway, that, that's it. That's our plan. Oh, that's awesome. Well, God, God bless you, Joel. You have uh, a big task ahead of you, uh, and you've got a lot of work cut out for you. Yeah, brother. Uh, it is... It, it's a it's a big thing to not only you got a it church, but to do all no. that social media of you know pick up the family move across state lines. I was going to ask you what the rules were for masks and stuff in Texas, but since you didn't even close down under uh, Gavin Newsolini, as we like to call him out <laughs> there, I, I don't think it's really going to matter what they <laughs> tell you in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'll be okay. I doubt they're going to say anything in Texas. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe my dream. I never heard that, Gavin. Gavin yeah. Mussolini. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. We got Mussolini Jr. out here in, uh, in uh, Gretsch. We got Gretsch Gretsch Gretsch. I wish you would have California. That's so good. Gavin I never Well, you know, maybe one That's day my, my dream will happen, and you're walking down the streets in Austin. You uh, bump into Joe Rogan. He invites you on the podcast, and yeah. you get to see Joel duke it out with uh, Yeah, Joe. right? Yeah. You guys are both in the same city. Who knows? I know. then, then, I'll, then I'll use it, and I'll give you. I'll give you some props. But Joel, thank you so much for being on yeah, here. J- thanks, Jason, man. did you have anything as we finish up? I see you holding uh, the word there. Yeah, yeah, we could. We could he usually finishes up with a scripture. Let's, let's finish up with a scripture here, maybe out of Jude, a call to persevere. Yeah. Jude 17 through, let's go through verse 23. Let's just read it. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time, there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit. Mm. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To, those, to others, show mercy with fear hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Amen. It's a good word. It is. So, Joel, uh, why don't you throw out your social media uh, stuff again for the listeners, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay, cool. Uh, right Response, uh, Right Response Ministries, uh, YouTube channel, subscribe to our YouTube, uh, Right Response Ministries uh, on YouTube. Um, download our free app. That's a great a great uh, resource that you can use. So uh, just uh, go to your app store, your favorite app store, and download uh, Right Response Ministries. Uh, we've got all of our podcasts, uh, a lot of articles. Uh, you can get like a free book download and things like that, ebook. Um, and then, yeah, just Facebook, Instagram, 
um, all, all the social media platforms you can find us. YouTube, YouTube and the app, probably the uh, best way to go. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Joel, for coming on. And listeners, we appreciate you uh, listening. And you can find us at Dead Men Walking Podcast on mm-hmm. YouTube, Instagram, Parlor, Facebook, all those places. Joel's always a great guest. Make sure you check out Am I Truly Saved, too. We grabbed some copies of this yeah. down at Fight, Laugh, Feast. I read through it. It's a phenomenal book. I'm going to be looking forward to your book coming out. Uh, you said next year. You're working on it. Let's hope it's next year. And when you do, make sure you get a hold of me. We'll make sure we cross-promote that and tell everyone about it. Oh, Joel, yeah. we love having you on. We appreciate you as a brother in the Lord and what you're going to be doing in Texas. And uh, God bless with that because that is a big undertaking. And as always, yeah. everyone listening, God bless. Doop. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dead Men Walking Podcast for full video podcast episodes and clips, or email us at deadmenwalkingpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to check us out at dmwpodcast.com where you can purchase the best and snarkiest merch on the internet, support the show, and leave us a review or message. Dead Men Walking can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Dead Men Walking Podcast and on Twitter X at Real DMW Podcast. The Dead Men Walking Podcast is part of the Fight Laugh Feast Network. For exclusive show content, be sure to download the Pub TV app and become a member. If you're a business that needs to reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers in your demographic, podcast advertising might be for you. Send all inquiries to Dead Men Walking Podcast at gmail.com. None your biscuits.